10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Hey, Zach, are we going to do a poll about you getting the beard back? <laughs> are yes, we doing yes, a poll? I'm going to hit some music so we get the intro going. There, there we go. go. This is on the screen. We are now, on. So we are on. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show, an unscripted Bible study by a group of misfits. My name is Zachary Adams. Zach Adams, also known. I am, as Creighton knows today, a man of the people. That's a what man I am. of the people. A man of the people. Since you've already heard Creighton's voice, uh, Creighton, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Now, this is going to be weird. We're going to flip to something. Woo. All right. Hello. Wait, wait, watch out. Hi, everyone. We're all here. So, so just a, a little bit of disclosure. Uh, Kyle has obligations at the church tonight. Uh, Derek's got a little stomach bug. And, um, and then we realized that one of our cameras went down like two or three minutes before we started. So it was like, hey, what do we do? Let's consolidate. And so we have moved gear. I'm glad that the gear is, is portable. That's Yeah, absolutely. We never really thought of that or to make that a possibility, but... Uh, Somebody did. So why don't you, uh, Creighton, why don't you introduce... Uh, uh, the the merry band of man bandits with you. All right, uh, mandits was what you just mandits. came up with, I'm and I like that a lot. So our merry mandits. Uh, this would be uh, Nick Monty. Hi. He is our resident mumbler, and uh, this is Justin. I Holcomb. I just lost on your. Uh, he is our uh, resident archaeologist and hot so, so, and hot sauce speciality. That's why we call uh, him yes. Spice Daddy. Spice, Spice Daddy. Daddy and Mumble Daddy. <laughs> Mumble Daddy. Daddy. That might be your nickname. We got Spice Daddy, hey, we, we got Dill Daddy Derek, and we got Daddy, Daddy, Mister Mister Nicholas Monty. Anyway, uh, I do pastor a church uh, located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary Three Sixteen. See what I did? I, I've switched up the whole intro. I wanted to keep everybody on their toes. Yeah, uh, I wasn't on, on my toes, toes enough. I so. wanted to keep everybody, uh, the listening audience, the dozens of people uh, that are out there. Um, <laughs> Uh, I do pastor at church, Calvary 316. Our Sunday service is at 1030. Uh, if you're local, come check us out. Uh, if you are, again, I would say on the west side of Athens, um, anywhere from, um, say, Bogart, uh, heading up to the Hamilton Mill area, coming back down to, to Auburn, Bethlehem, Lawrenceville, Snellville, Loganville, uh, Social Circle even, way out towards 20. Uh, if you're local, uh, uh, the Winder area, uh, come check us out Sunday again at 1030. Uh, if you're not local but looking for a Bible teaching church that you can enjoy online, uh, we live stream our services uh, the easiest way. Uh, you get all this information at, at calvary316.com. But the, our YouTube channel is calvary316.live, and we're also uh, streaming on facebook.com slash calvary316. So if you're local, come hang out with us. If you're not but looking for a Bible teaching church, come hang out with us on Sunday. Uh, we were right beforehand... Uh, very cool. Um, so we are affiliated uh, with a church movement known as Calvary Chapel. Um, sadly, Calvary Chapel is kind of splintered into two different groups. We are more of the um, the, the legitimate, um, you know, uh, the, the CCA, Calvary Chapel uh, Association, uh, and not the global network. I won't bore you with all of that. Uh, but we, are, we, we come from a movement that began in the 60s. Um, under the leadership, uh, a work that God did through Pastor Chuck Smith in Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. And they have come out, Greg Laurie, who was um, um, uh, an early member of all of that, was very involved. He's Harvest today. Uh, but they produced this movie. Uh, the trailer is what? Jesus Revolution? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. We watched it. And, and first impression. So when I tell you, hey, Christian movie, first thoughts are? Garbage. Terrible acting. Absolutely terrible. This is going to be a disaster. I love Christian movies. Of, co <laughs> of course. <laughs> Spice Daddy is the one that jumps in there. What's your favorite Christian movie? Favorite Christian? Okay, so there's this really old one called The Music Box, and it's like a 1970s one. Is that and black and white? Uh, no, but close. All right. Uh, you have to look it up. It's, it's Wait, pretty... how can it be close to black and white? It's what's close to black and white? <laughs> is it green it's and black? More grays. <laughs> it's more grays than anything it, else. Yeah. yeah. Sepia tone. Uh, okay. but, yeah. It's called the music box. It's an old one. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's Okay, a, so the normal person's first reaction when I say Christian movie is, oh my goodness, this is going to be terrible. Uh, that being said, we watched the trailer just before we went on air, and aside from Justin... <laughs> 
Creighton, Nick, your first reaction was what? Hey, this doesn't look awful. It doesn't look like awful. It looks pretty good. The acting seemed, you know, from... Kelsey like Grammer's in it, which is... Like, yeah, and he's from a show from the 1800s. <laughs> Speaking of black and white. Um, more white than black, I think, with Kelsey. Definitely. When your black. name is Kelsey, right? I mean, definitely. Lots of black girls named, named Kelsey. Not a whole lot of... <laughs> Black well, guys named Kelsey. So, no, uh, I would encourage you, if you're listening or watching, uh, check out Jesus Revolution. Uh, just go to YouTube, Jesus Revolution trailer. You'll find it. Uh, it looks really good, but it tells kind of the story of Calvary Chapel and um, and really what God did. Forget about Calvary Chapel, but what the Lord did uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, a, a genuine movement of the Holy Spirit, um, something historical where thousands of hippies were coming to know the Lord. People that were searching found their answers in Jesus. And uh, I don't know if I've ever told you the story of, um, so several years ago I was invited, a good friend of mine lives in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and uh, the church that he was attending, they had this big conference. And um, I won't mention the name of the conference, but it was it was a conference. So I get invited to this conference. And the sales pitch was like, hey, it's February. Would you rather uh, hang out in Atlanta or come down to Fort Lauderdale? And I was like, on the way. He's like, I'll put you up. Stay with me. Let's go hang out. And do this. We're doing this conference at my church. So that's great. Would love to. And uh, and so just a couple of days, so I flew down. And, and the, the conference was a combination of Presbyterians... Uh, Lutherans and Anglicans. That's a weird mix. Yeah, well, I mean, these were all like, let's just say that they were the dead churches, you know, <laughs> like the dead Orthodox churches. And that was kind of what the, the conference was about of like, how do we, how do we survive? Like, like all of these churches, their, their, their attendance numbers are dwindling and they're having like a real, a real reckoning of, of, you know, this internal conversation of like, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, what's the, what's the point of this? And, and, and so I, and I'm the one like Calvary Chapel guy. Well, they ended up having like a pastor's luncheon. And so, and then they had like a, you'd had lunch and it wasn't part of the conference. It was related to it, but it was just senior pastors could go. And they had like this Q and a, a panel discussion. And one of the guys that, that was there is a guy named Steve Brown, old guy. I don't even know if Steve Brown's still alive. Um, I don't even know exactly what denomination he's affiliated with, um, but he is, if you could be a six-point Calvinist, you got Steve Brown. Like, gotcha. like it's like, you know, you, you run into two-and-a-halfers, three-years, you know, five are the crazy, then you have the six-pointers, you know. We don't even know what we're making up at this point. Um, but he was on this panel, and uh, and I had, I, had, I had met a guy, and he was like, I was like, hey, what church are you a pastor of? And he was like, I could tell he was nervous. And I was like, just for the record, uh, I pastor a Calvary Chapel. So I'm like totally a fish out of water. He was like, I'm a Baptist. <laughs> and I was like, we're friends. Maybe the only <laughs> setting where we're together, but you are the closest I have. We're brothers. Um, and so we, we, were, <laughs> we were sitting there. And Steve Brown was asked this question of like, like what needs to happen? Like what is the remedy to the, the issue that we have going on? And again, Steve's like in his 80s. And he goes, what we need more than anything else, it's not, it's not a change of strategy. It's not new marketing. It's not, it's not this. It's not that. It, it's, it's really, it's very simple. Like what we need is a fresh moving of the Holy Spirit. Like we need an awakening, a revival, a Holy Spirit revival that can't be attributed to anything other than a movement of God. And he goes, and someone's like, well, like, can you give us an example? And he goes, I've, I've seen one that historically they happen, but I've seen one. Like I actually, from a distance, watched one happen. And he goes, it was in California, uh, Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel. There was this movement of God that took place and that's what we need. And I'm sitting there like, that's me. I'm part <laughs> of that. So anyway, uh, Jesus revolution trailer. Very cool. I don't know why I went on that tangent. Looks surprisingly good. It really did. When you talk, you should switch to yourself. Uh, you know, you should the, the switcher. It looks surprisingly good. There you go. Well, listen. If you are if you are watching, welcome 
to the Outlaw Radio Show. It is an unscripted Bible study. I have no idea what we're talking about tonight. Creighton drops the topic. It's my job with the help of friends to turn that topic into a Bible study. Um, also, what's neat is we live stream. So we're live streaming right now uh, on YouTube, outlawradio.live, as well as our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Outlaw. And then the audio of what you're watching, if you're watching, uh, gets released as a podcast tomorrow. So it's available on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatnot. Um, so if you're listening, check out the live stream, 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. If you're watching, welcome. What's great about watching is we'd love to interact with you. That's really kind of one of the hearts behind the show. Not only are we having a conversation, but we want you to also be part of the conversation. We, we, we think that this is what makes uh, what we're doing with Outlaw Radio very unique. Um, you know, when earlier when we were an actual radio show, it was pre-recorded. And, and that was very difficult because there was no way to interact with, with whoever was listening. But when you can live stream something, even if, you're on, even if you listen on the podcast, there is a live element uh, where there's interaction with the audience. And so, again, if you are, Creighton, why don't you, why don't you explain kind of how that works? Because you're the one that's monitoring uh, the feeds, right? I am indeed. Uh, in front of me is a computer. On that computer, I have a few versions of the live stream that I'm watching on both Facebook and YouTube. Um, and so to the right of those feeds are comment sections. If you would like to have a conversation with us or if you have anything to say to about uh, us or the topic at hand, you know, post it in the comments. I'll see it. Um, if it's good or really, really bad, I will uh, bring <laughs> it up to the... <laughs> yeah. If it's just mundane, we kind of right. let it go. But. but if it's good or really bad, uh, I will share it with the group. And that may, it has before, taken the conversation a whole different direction. Um, Make it weird. I like that. Make it yes, weird. Justin likes weird. Um, and I just love conversation. The worst thing that you can do is come up to me later and say, you know, I had this great idea about the show. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would have been, I thought it would be really cool if you guys had taken it. Like, let us know during the show because then we can take it that way. Yeah, Joe. My oh, goodness. No, Who Joe. actually sat in, in the studio. He, yeah. Our last episode, we actually had a studio member who, like, as soon as the episode was over, Asked some awesome questions. Yeah. And it was like, great, Joe. Thanks. You were sitting in the room and you didn't. Yeah, bare minimum, you could have like typed it out on the and Facebook send or Send a text YouTube. message. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, he has all of our numbers. Or he could have taken a legal pad and literally he's that close. Yeah. He could have written the question <laughs> down and held it up. You know? He could have walked over the crane's mic, stole it, asked the question. He would not have done that. That definitely does sound like something Joe would do. That's very Joe. See, okay, so I've had this idea. I hope he's watching because this will be great. But, so I, you know, Joe is, is I mean, he's a brother, deep brother. Uh, More than, you know, we say that, you know, the only thing that runs deeper than blood is spirit. And in that, and that's in the truest sense, Joe is family to me. Um, Him and his wife, Teresa, are, are family. Their daughters are. Um, I, I view them as, as my sisters, but Joe, it's funny because like, so this all kind of developed when, you know, it dawned on Creighton and I that like we would sit out back after the show and end up having like this really great conversation about whatever we were talking about, but it just was never on the show. So it was like, well, let's make the show that Joe as an older fella in his mid sixties goes on these rants. Oh my gosh. And I've wanted to try to convince him to do like a two minute rant with Joe mm-hmm. where gif or jif. You That's can get his him pet fighting peeve. mad. Yes. Oh, I mean, just you know, and those those commercials, those insurance commercials, where they make fun of like you're becoming like your dad. <laughs> He's like, I get really offended by those. Like, I had no problems with my dad. What's wrong with these people? Like, I'm like, yes, we need two minute rants with Joe. So. Uh, Anyway, that's where we're going. Man, we're 20 minutes into this. We got to we got to move. Yeah, we got to move. You're still trying to hijack. This is this is I still have to hijack. How did you know? So oh, the way this works, I know you. This Creighton throws in a topic, but I have to back up very quickly and throw something out there that is very relevant to the news, things that are going on. And that is what is going on with with two very interesting people, Kanye West and Ugh. Kyrie Irving. Because we, we, I don't know if you've been following, but kind of the gist of the story is that, that Kanye made some incendiary remarks about the Jews. Um, part of that was that the Jews run, Creighton, what was it? They run the, the media, they run the banks. Media, banks, and... Um, social media, banks, and um, 
What was the other one? Uh, but the, his, his point is like Whatever. the Jews run the world. And what like Kanye West has said some crazy things about white people. He said some crazy things about black people. Kanye West said some crazy things about Jews and, and about them running the banks and running media and whatnot. And what happened? Oh, it was, I saw a guy talking about it and it was, you know, Kanye talks about whatever, whatever he says, anything about the the Jews running banks, Kanye no longer has a bank. Says something about the Jews running the media. Kanye West is no longer in the media. Like at some point you think, you have a point? You, you, you kind of think of like, like, has he just proved his point? Right. Because like he, he's talked about a lot of other things, but then he brings up the Jews and he gets literally canceled across the board. Now I do think what is funny, I saw this on Twitter and this might get us canceled. Oh, good. But someone, someone made the comment that like, once again, the Jews have killed Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, Oh no, no, that's crazy. Now, I say that because... Yeah, can we temper that yes, back a bit? Let, yeah, yeah, let's temper this back, but let's add some context to it. So so I brought up the whole... It, okay. Man, I feel like so many qualifiers <laughs> to this. So Creighton shows up at Calvary 316. He's been doing this for 10 years. You show up Sunday morning, bright and early. You, you unlock the front door. Yep. And you, you're in charge of the whole boot-up procedures of... of, of of the building, like everything from the HVAC to the, the subwoofers. I mean, everything in between. You get the building ready, you know, the, the boot-up process. And over the last couple of years, Justin is now part of that process. So yes. that, like, if you're out of town, Justin will do it. And then even when you do it, Justin's the second guy at the church. Sometimes he's there first because he beats, he beats me you. there a lot of the time. He beats you there. Um, and so you guys boot up the building. So when I get there, the, really the only two people that are there are you guys. And so and Colette and, and the, well, Colette shows up. That's a, that's, that's deal. Daddy Derek's mom, not relevant to the conversation. Craig. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that she was, I always show up. First thing that I have to do is change whatever music you're playing Yep. because you guys get just crazy. I showed up. I'm not kidding. This past Sunday, I walked into the building to Gregorian chance. <laughs> it was nothing but Gregorian chance throughout the whole building. <laughs> cranked up Gregorian chants and I walk in and I looked around and they, they at this point they both look at me like we're gonna have to shut this down and I, I was like now let's roll with this for a little while <laughs> like this is I think we did a good 30 minutes till anybody else showed up and then it was like yeah. Colette showed up and we let it roll and she at one point she goes this is actually kind of soothing isn't it <laughs> and like, yeah so you guys show up boot up the building but so I, I end up having some crazy conversations with y'all ahead of time and so I was like, hey, you hear about this whole Kanye thing getting canceled and like black Jews and all that? And then that that segued <laughs> into a conversation that we had privately. And then I, and I kind of I'm listening. I'm getting some stuff ready. I'm hearing you guys talk about stuff. And then what you guys were talking about the next week, I'm listening to Kyrie Irving do like press conferences with the Brooklyn Nets and it blows up on the Internet. And I'm like, this is what they were talking about. Like, it's the convergence of the black Hebrew. Okay. So that's the segue. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hijacking things for a moment, Creighton. We're going to get to your topic. Lord no, we're not. But Lord willing. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this. I want to just, let's get some baselines. Because I am guessing, Nick, have you ever heard of a black a, what the is black, black Hebrew, black Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites, no. black Hebrew Israelite. Nope. So it is a thing. So this and is great because Nick's never heard of this. Nope. Right. Just to clarify, they are a cult. Yeah. yeah okay. You're leading. You're leading. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We'll get there. So you're just, getting ahead. You're so Nick, nervous about this, Justin. I am. You're very you nervous think? about this. What do you think a black Hebrew Israelite is? I wouldn't even. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, you couldn't guess they're black. Well, duh. They're I know Hebrew they're Israelites. Hebrews and they're Israelites. It's a very, very that. interesting group of people. It is very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. three denominators, and that's it. Yeah, so, I mean, you can take it. Man. Okay, this I is mean, when Justin you're gets... The, you're the lone black guy in the room. I, so I mean, it's, okay, I would so, hate to take this from you. So I, I, hate, have, to <laughs> I hate to take it from you. I, I've learned about them because I was working at a, I was working at a, at a thing for the company that I work for. 
and um, we were doing setup, and somebody on the setup crew. You're at a thing for a thing. I was at a thing for a thing, and one of the guys that was there for the same thing, um, I was talking, and his name was something like Habakkuk Moses or something. Sounds about and right. so I was talking to him. I was like, Habakkuk so Ezekiel Moses. Yeah, and I was like, so your your mom was really Joseph into the Old Israel. Testament, huh? And he went on this spiel, like solid ten minutes, talking about how. Uh, the, the current people who call themselves Jews had stolen everything from black people and how black people were the real Jews and these white people had stolen their heritage and were masquerading as being Jewish when actually black. And I that was the like, Jews really aren't the Jews, but the black people yo. are the Jews. All right, yeah, before, before you go any further, crazy stuff. Before you yeah. go any further. There are actual black Jews. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. Jews. We'll get to that. that I just want to clarify a that there's a difference. Set that aside. Let's get back to Creighton and his weird exchange. There with are black Jewish people. Yes. Ezekiel the black Amos. Israelites are not one of them. Ezekiel would, Amos <laughs> Abraham. Yes. Um, and so he was saying, like, wildly anti-Semitic stuff. Like, I mean, the kind of stuff that you would see in, like, a 1970s cartoon where the where the big bad evil guy is like clearly Nazi or a 1937 <laughs> yeah yes. European exactly. cartoon exactly yep. I mean wildly anti-Semitic things and I was just looking at him like and you're at a corporate thing of okay. a thing right oh yeah we were in uniform like we were both in uniform <laughs> like there was a chance that my regional manager could have walked in at any moment and he was just just going off and I was looking at him like I have to go. And I was like, all right, so I'm just going to, like, he was a cool guy otherwise. Just don't get him started on the Jews and you're fine. But, so they are a group of black people. And I found out something recently that I'm going to turn over to Justin in just a second. They're a group of black people who believe that black people are the actual Jews talked about in the Old Testament. And what we call today as a Jewish person is a group of white people who has stolen the heritage of Judaism from blacks. Okay, now I will jump in. Hold on, because I'm going to throw okay, it to okay. Justin. But I'm going to jump in before you throw it to Justin. All right, then go. Okay, so, so and Justin was kind of leaning on this. This is where I'll jump in as a pastor. So, the Jews, let's, let's like define a few things. Uh, the Jews, it's an ethnic group of people. They're the descendants of Abraham. Abraham to Isaac. Isaac to Jacob. So, we've excluded uh, Esau. And we've excluded others. And then from Jacob, there were 12 sons. Uh, they became the 12 tribes. Uh, uh, Jacob's name was changed biblically. Uh, God changed his name uh, from Jacob to Israel. That's where we get the name Israel. And so when you talk about the tribes of Israel, you're talking about the 12 sons of Jacob, the descendants, and then their families diverged off and became this nation. They left Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt an ethnic group, an actual ethnic group of people with heritage and lineage, going back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, descending through these 12 families. Uh, they leave Egypt, head to the land of promise, what we consider today modern-day Israel. They settled there. Uh, they lived there for a long time. They became a country. Um, um, Israel is more than a country. It's, it's an ethnic group. It's an ethnicity. Now, in the course of time, a lot of things kind of happen with the Jewish people. Um, as a judgment, Assyria, the, the, the Assyrian Empire. Is this relevant, by the way? I'm just, just saying, is this important? Yes. Justin, you and I are kind of on the same page here. This is all important. Yep. So, yes, no? Yes. yes. Okay, so, the, the, so you had these tribes, and they all were given parts of the land of Israel um, as an inheritance. They all settled in various places. Um, etc. Levi being a unique one, being the priest, they didn't have a particular plot of land. They were supported by everyone else, but I bloviate. So Israel, Jacob, 12 sons, 12 tribes. Israel, a land, the promised land, given chunks of turf, the, what we call the 10 northern tribes. So the 10 tribes settled in the northern part of Israel. God ends up judging them um, using the Assyrian Empire. So the Assyrians came in to the northern part, the Galilee, the northern regions, destroyed them, kicked the people out, sent them all over the world. The Assyrians came down to the southern kingdom of Judah, 
It was Judah and Benjamin, the two tribes. Judah is an actual person. Judah, his descendants, one of the sons of, of Jacob. And Benjamin, one of the sons of Jacob. And God intervenes. Cool story. Read Isaiah, Hezekiah. Cool thing. They're protected. So you have 10 tribes that are gone, scattered throughout the world. You have two tribes that remain, the southern kingdom. The capital is Jerusalem. Uh, 200 years pass. They don't get their act together. The Babylonians come in. And what happens? They come in. This is Daniel. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You have Ezekiel ministering kind of at this time. Jeremiah is a prophet, weeping, lamentations over the destruction of Jerusalem. These two southern tribes, some of them remain. A lot of them get dispersed. The choice children get taken to Babylon. This is Daniel and his, and his three amigos. Now, what ends up happening is that the Persians end up conquering um, the Babylonians. And one of the decrees of Xerxes, again prophesied in the scriptures, is that Xerxes allowed the Jews to return home. But not all of them did. Only a small portion of them did. And then you get into Nehemiah, Ezra gets, gets you some of the stories of the returning exiles uh, to the nation. Uh, but the Jews kind of ended up operating in this very interesting dynamic. You had Jews that lived in the land of Israel, but Jews that were, that, that were living in communities across uh, the known world. Um, that was a normal, a normal thing. You had Jews, again, you read through Acts and Paul's missionary journeys. He would go to towns, and if there was more than 10 Jews in the town... He would go to the synagogue, which was required, and he would start there. And you had, again, all over the place, all throughout the Roman Empire, pockets of Jewish communities. And those things continued on for years and years and years. Now, there was a huge Jewish population in what we know to be Israel, but in 70 AD, Titus Vespasian came down, came into the area, sacked Jerusalem, uh, dispersed whoever remained. Uh, a group of Jews went to Masada, they ended up committing suicide. Tragic story. Um, but then the Jews didn't have a homeland until 1948 when um, a lot of things happened. They were allowed to return. Now, the Jews, they're an ethnic group of people, and that's important. They're, they're an ethnic group. And they've been very, um, it's been very important to the Jew, the Hebrew, uh, to keep that ethnic um, identity, which is why you would have all throughout Europe, you know, Jewish communities, even in America, like you know, North Druid Hills in Atlanta, you have a huge Jewish community. And in and, and, and Miami, there's a Jewish, Jewish community. In New York, Jewish community. And, and they keep themselves very, very, very isolated. You go to North Druid Hills, you have kosher restaurants. You have the, the Kroger has a whole section, a whole aisle of like Jewish kosher food, things that, you know, that cater to that demographic. So you need to understand... Related to this conversation, and I hope I'm not going too deep into this, but I think this is such a charged topic that it's, it's important, important. To, it's important to do this. That, that the Jews are an ethnic group dispersed throughout the word, world that have kept a, an, an identity to the point that like when the Nazis were trying to exterminate the Jews, they were easy to find. Six million of them, you know? For 2,000 years. For 2,000 years. Very unique thing in human history. Not, not, you know... They keep a culture, keep an identity, keep an ethnicity. Um, I'll tell you an, an interesting like, like glimpse into that is: Have you ever watched the show The Marvelous Miss Maisel? It's an Amazon show. Heard of it? But there, but there, there's a Jewish storyline to that where they keep the, like it gives you an insight into like the '50s and keeping a Jewish heritage. Now, I will say this, and this is what's important with all that in context: there is. A substantial there's substantial evidence to show. So there's this crazy story back in 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 third dynasty. Like you have Saul, the people, the, the king of 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 the people. Uh, God's king was David. Uh, David's son Solomon. Uh, this is why the kingdom is unified. Solomon's son Rehoboam. The kingdom gets divided. This whole another story. Solomon wise, brilliant man, probably the most wealthiest person to ever live on the planet, wisest man to have ever lived. There's a whole backstory to that. I bring Solomon up because there's a story of the Queen of Sheba that comes up to see. She's heard about the, the opulence, the wealth of Israel. She, she wants to see what this is. So she comes up and she's amazed by it. She's blown away by it. Now, there is a theory 
that Solomon, who was very promiscuous, um, says, uh, putting it lightly. Yeah, 700 wives are in her concubines, you know, First uh, Kings 11. Solomon, according to legend, ends up having this connection with the Queen of Sheba. She ends up pregnant. She goes back to Sheba being Ethiopia. And thus you have, she has a, a son. There, there, a bloodline is developed that is half Solomon. There's actual genetic testing that's been done on Ethiopians to this day that show a very strong Jewish heritage lineage. And so there is, and in fact, there's, there's actually theories that the Ark of the Covenant is somehow hidden somewhere in Ethiopia. There's all kinds of theories on that. But you do have, you do have legitimately a, what's called a black Jew. This is an Ethiopian Jew that can like, you know, 23andMe show a direct genealogical marker back to the Jewish bloodline and heritage. So, so what's important for this context is the Jews spread out, but they remain distinct. You do have this thread, this interesting thread of Jewish bloodline that does mix pretty distinctly with, with what we would call today an African bloodline. And they be the Ethiopians. So when we talk about black Jews, we're not saying that like this is all nuts. There's a lot of craziness to this. There is a black Jew that, that does exist. And, and much the same way that like, you know, I, I've been to Cuba. You know, you have, you know, more of the Aztec Cuban, um, very Hispanic. You have you have a Cuban that is as white as I am. Um, and then you also have a, a, a very black Cuban. You have Cubans darker than me. And they all have like this inner, inner, inner weaving of, of various bloodlines that, mm-hmm. that lead us to what's today. Yeah, now, genetics are weird. Genetics are weird. Now, <clears throat> that's the qualifier. Justin, did I do a good job qualifying that? Yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and I was going to say this, is, I mean, you, you find enclaves of Jews everywhere. I mean, th- they've even recently found uh, an enclave of, uh, of Jews in India. And, and I think the qualifier is not just the genetic markers, which are, have been established. Mm-hmm. Like when you take that 23andMe or, or, or the Ancestry.com genetics test, it has markers for Jew, Jewish bloodlines. Um, but you also... Let me, let, me, let me really quickly throw something out there. And this is important for context. Real quick. I'm going to give you a modern context, an example of this. Ivanka Trump is not a Jew. Ivanka Trump married a Jew. And when Ivanka Trump says that she's Jewish, she is identifying with a religion. Okay? So when Ivanka Trump's like, hey, I married Jared Kushner, who's a Jew, ethnically. Ivanka Trump, I don't know if you looked at her, not Jew. Look at the Donald and look at her mother. Like we're like, we're like, she's not ethnically Jewish. Now she'll say I'm Jewish. And that's an important distinction because someone can say they're Jewish. And what they're saying is like, I'm, I'm, I'm being grafted in. I'm identifying as a religious Jew. And so I've, I've embraced the, the culture, the religion I've married in. I have kids that are, but like, but you're not a Jew ethnically. And there's a, there's a distinction that's important because even, even going all the way, Rahab wasn't a Jew. You know, and Rahab, if you don't know, she was the, the harlot in Jericho that helped the Jewish spies. And she gets grafted in. She becomes the great-great-grandmother of, of King David. You know, I mean, she ends up having this incredible legacy. Subsequently, she's in the line of, lineage of Jesus. The, the lineage of Jesus. But she's not ethnic. She was not ethnically a Jew, but she accepted the God of Israel and she was grafted in. So, so when we talk about the Jews, the other qualifier is that you have to you have to make a distinction between someone like Ivanka Trump, who is a Jew, because she married one and she's identifying and she's adopted the culture, the religion, etc. Um, but she's not ethnically. There's a difference between ethnic ethnic and and identifying in regards to religion. In the same way that like you can be Arab and Muslim, you right. can be an and Arab or- Christian. You mean Arab Christian? Ethnically, you're Arab. Religiously, you're Christian. You can be um, trying to think of another really good example of this. I think you've covered that. I think the important thing to to follow that up with is by saying that I don't think that Black Hebrew Israelites are either. 
Well, I, I right, think- and that, and that, again, we're, we're qualifying a lot of things because this is such a... a ch- right. Anytime you talk about race stuff, and you, and you bring up Kanye West and Kyrie Irving, <laughs> you know, like you, you, you feel obligated to add some qualification. But, like, if you're out there and you're, you're looking at these stories, like Nick, Nick knew nothing about this. But, like, this is, like, all over the place right now. And, like, what is going on? Well, I think, I think it has a lot of... Uh, Justin, mer- I'm going to hand it to you for I, I think it has a lot of merit. And I think a byproduct of the cultural aspects of, of God calling them to be separated is that genetic markers of stuff because they, they were as a whole, they, they, their culture, the, 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 the serving of God, it remained relatively pure in in essence. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, let me jump in. This is, this is going to take a weird direction. (laughs) I, I say yes and no. Right. I think, I think the ethnic, the, the gene, the genealogy, the genealogy mattered to Jesus. And then it no longer matters, which is why in 70 AD, when Titus sacked Jerusalem, the temple burned down and all the genealogical records did. The only person that could show definitively that they were a descendant, uh, that could claim messianic lineage, going back to the, the promises, to David, you know, going back to, to get to, to Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. Jesus had the genealogy. Those records recorded for us in the Gospels were found in the temple, like Matthew and and specifically Luke that include the genealogies. They went and actually, like, the only person today that can show the genealogy, the genealogical record, because the Messiah had to descend, the Son of God had to descend. There was a, a, a very specific tree. Jesus is the only one that can do it. No one can do it today because the genealogical records are gone. So I would say genealogy, when it comes to Jewish heritage, was very important and protected from its origins. Right, and that, that's what I'm saying. To get to Jesus. That's what I'm saying. The, the religious aspects of it and God calling them to remain pure, I guess, is, is one of... It was for Jesus. It was, yeah, yeah, it was separate. for Jesus, but the fact that it was, it, it helps the, the science aspect of it, the genetic part of it, to remain distinguished. Mm-hmm. I can't go in and say, oh... This guy's a Christian, or this guy's a, a Muslim, or this guy's Buddhist, based on his genetics. Right, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, and and I think one thing that that's talking about the Black Hebrew Israelites and separate from this is is the other aspect of this movement that's that's gone of of let's Christi- jump in let's jump into the controversy what is the black hebrew israelite because so, uh, you've been and i'm going to give the qualifier you 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 lived in israel right. you studied in israel you've been in israel and this was the conversation you and creighton were having that i was just a bystander to so bring right. the audience into kind of like the wackoness that i think <laughs> is attributed to kyrie irving specifically and and I think so, to a degree, I mean, Kanye. I don't know if Kanye specifically believes it, but I mean, th- there's a lot of people that spout off, oh, Jews did this, Jews did this, they're running everything. And, and for me as a believer, I'm just like, okay, they're God's chosen people. He's still going to, they're, they're still God's chosen people, regardless of whether they believe in Jesus or not. He's or who cares? Them. Right. And, and exactly right. who cares? They, they, they're making movies and stuff that I like. I, you know the, what I mean? The, <laughs> it's, the it, chai comms aren't Jewish. Right. So it's like, I think there's a diversity here. Right. And, and but like, I think specifically I, I put the black Hebrew Israelites. I mean, it happened about, I think, do they was, exist in Israel? Let me ask you. Yes, that. they do. So, okay, so about, explain that. About the, I want to say sometime in the 1960s or seventies, uh, there was a movement for a lot of Jews to move to, move to Israel, to move right. back to, to make Aliyah. The yeah. They, they call it, uh, making Aliyah or going up to, to Jerusalem basically. And, and so there was a time where they, they were just letting everybody in without qualifying, uh, procedures for it and stuff like that so uh i I forget i want to say it came out of chicago area uh uh, uh, kanye west yes yeah you had this this group of this guy that said basically that the true jews or the true hebrew people were all the black people and and me as a white guy i think it's hard to to say that's qualifying i think a lot of it was uh so all the Jews migrated to Chicago? <laughs> no, it, it was a, it was a, it was a saying. They were just saying, "Hey, this is this is what's the real thing, and everybody else is faking it, or they they usurp the the actual heritage of of 
of the Hebrews is is what they basically say. So in Israel, there's a group of people that live there. Yeah, and they, they mostly centralize around a, a little town called Dimona. Uh, and, and so they, there's a big enclave of them, and a lot of them have been getting... They serve in the military. They, they try and get citizenship. Uh, and so they... they a lot of them have actually in recent times being have been getting, uh, 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 what do you call it, when deported from Israel because they don't actually have citizenship. But there is a group of blacks in Israel claiming to be the real Jews. Yeah, aside from the Ethiopian Jews, so yes. Right, and that's the qualifier. Like, right. There are black Jews, but there is a group that migrated in, immigrated in, yeah, during the looseness of the, I want to say, 60s and 70s of that Aliyah return to Israel kind of movement. And that's what makes the whole the whole topic very convoluted. Right. Because, again, you, you, you qualify the Ethiopian Jews. Right. And it's like... And I, I, I'd like to put something else out there. As, uh, yeah, we got to figure out where yeah. this goes. <laughs> I, I, I this hate, is a rant that's become an episode. <laughs> I hate just focusing on one group of people, even though I, how, it's an interesting story. But I, I think, and I've seen in like last in living in Israel too, you, you saw a lot of Christians that started going back under the law and becoming messianic. Messi- messi- yeah. But there's a difference between messianic Jews and messianic. Christians that follow the thing that think they're Jews and following like the, the I would say the difference is you have messianic Jews and you have neo Judaizers. Yeah. Okay. Would, elaborate okay, on that. Okay. So messianic Jews would be, you know, groups of Jewish people who are now Christians and they have certain, they, they keep, I'm, they retain their Jewishness. They, they, re, they retain and their the, Jewishness. And, and, and they, and they believe Jesus is the Messiah. They're fulfilled right. Jews. Basically. As opposed to, what I would call neo-Judaizers, which would be Jews who are very strict about the law still and also claiming Jesus and trying to walk that line that Paul talks about, I'm certain, in at least two of his... Galatians. What I'm talking about is people that aren't Jews that start following all the laws... The oh, dietary restrictions, about the other direction, right? That's what I'm saying. And They're I, also very strange. And, and I, I, I put, I would put them in the same category as, so, as the black Hebrews. So straight up, straight up, I have a, a jo- Josh, no last name. Um, yes. So we have we have a dear friend that was part of a church. In fact, it was a Calvary Chapel that ended up going down the slippery slope of of Judaism. And you know the the you know Jesus is our Messiah, but then they it, it slipped into legalism where it was like you have to obey the feasts and you got to obey the dietary guidelines. You got to do this. You got to do that. We accept Jesus as the Messiah, but we also now have to have to to do this. It was very convoluted, and and he he's actually um, it was abusive, and the way that it was structured and the way that it was presented. And oh, the way yeah. that they what would they request? He ended up. He was an elder at that church. He missed his father's funeral because he took the vow of the Nazarite and couldn't be around corpses. Did he tell you that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. It hey, brother, a- you you don't tell you don't tell brother that. Tell Creighton, not me. I didn't know you talked to him. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing. That that had actually. I could see that. Yeah, that was four or five years ago. I know, yeah, I, like I know for me. I, Living in Israel, I, I got to enjoy the feasts, and looking on it at the feasts and it's a celebration it's of certain a celebrations yes. and how those like Passover, for instance. I love doing Passover as a believer now. I did because Passover, I can. I did Passover with Zach's dad as a right. kid. I love doing that. Years. I I love doing that because I can look on it and say. This is what this actually means now for me as a believer. I don't do it because I'm called to do it. Because I'm not Jewish. Right. And it's not like a, you're not. Or that God is no longer calling us to do it, whether you're Jewish or not. Right. I I do it because, uh, A, I have friends that are Jewish. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But you get to eat lamb. Right. Why not? Uh, And, and, but you know what? I love, I love barbecue. I love bacon. (laughs) I'm not. There's no bacon in a Passover. I love, I love love shrimp. There's no shrimp or bacon. No, but I'm with you. (laughs) I really enjoyed, uh, cause I, I I have vivid memories from my childhood where Zach's dad would do the Passover right. every year. And he had like this big table that would be cocked to the side so you could see all yeah. of the stuff. 
and he would walk us through it and tell us what all of the things right. mean. And it would it would always be like a, this is what it meant when it was implemented, and this is how we right. this is how we see it now yeah. with the with the revelation of Jesus. Right. And that was awesome. If so your dad you get, does it again, I so, might. Go no, no, no. Wait, so I would love to do that again. So this past this past Passover, I was injured, yes. and so as a result, we didn't do a Good Friday service. And um, I'm in a wheelchair, and it was like, well, this is an opportunity. Let's go to, to Calvary. Let's go to my dad's church yeah. and, and you know, watch the, the Passover. And obviously, I ended up getting roped into a part of it. And well, yeah. Of course you did. It was actually funny. Um, at some point, I was like, man, I, I turned to Jessica. I'm in a wheelchair. It's like, i got to use the bathroom. And, uh, and so she goes to Pastor James and gets the key to the kind of the private, the bathroom and helps me do what I got to do. And then, and then James comes frantically running down the hall. Your dad is, is asking for you. I was like, oh, no. Of course. So I come rolling back. Like, I'm, I, I'm a handicapped guy, just almost died two months before this. And, and he wants to have me say something. But I did text him. So there's a reason. You know why we don't do a Passover Seder? As Christians or as 316? As Calvary 316. No, why? Because it's bullcrap. The entire, you got to understand the origins of the, the traditional Seder ceremony all go back to Babylon. There's not one biblical, like, there's no biblical mandates for anything regarding the Passover Seder. You go back to the Passover, the Passover was like unleavened bread, we got to roll out of Egypt. You go back and you research it. There's like that whole procedure is all rabbinical tradition. Okay. okay every okay. bit of it. I'm going to push back on every that. Every bit of it's rabbinical you tradition. But you don't find any value in that. that. Oh, no, no. No, there's, there's no, no, no. Wait, 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 wonderful whoa, whoa, symbolism whoa, whoa, whoa. in it all, whoa, whoa, whoa. but none of it's biblical. But Jesus did a Passover. Like he talked about the four the four cups and the, the, the deal. I'm, I'm pulling from memory about the Seder. All we know Jesus did, all we know Jesus did from, from the biblical narrative, all we know he did for sure is the bread and the wine. Now, did Jesus participate in the traditional Passover Seder? Yes. I would say for sure, because the Afikoman, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole thing, because that was the Jewish tradition of doing it rooted back to the rabbinical scribes in Babylon. There is not, go back, read through the Bible. There is not any biblical mandates. You're, the Passover is a thing. It's to be recognized. It's an important thing. That, like There are procedures to the Passover, but what we consider to be the Seder meal and procedure, the sending out for... Elijah leaving the chair, the chair over. open. None of that's biblical. Not one bit of it is biblical. Okay. I, I totally, I totally, that makes sense to me. Like even the three breads and you. one gets crushed and hidden and in the order of the wine, like none of, again, it's all cool and it's symbolism and how it points to Jesus. As long as we understand it's not biblical, it's not a biblical exercise in any way. But that's what I, that's what I was saying before about like enjoy it. Get back to the roots right, of Christianity. Get it's, back right. to the roots of Christianity yes. coming from what Jesus did. And enjoy it, but don't make it part of a religion. A That's religious, the difference between yes. enjoying enjoying the the cool like symbolism of Judaism as opposed to yoking yourself to the law. Right, and I'm I, with I, you on that. And I, and I think that's that's what I was getting at comparing the 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 Christians and believers that 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 go that delve too far into Judaism mm-hmm. and the black Hebrew Israelites, they, they got to a point where they were jealous of something else and they wanted to be a part of that and they wanted that. Instead of just enjoying how who God made them to be. You see you see what I'm saying? Oh absolutely. absolutely. And enjoying yeah. oh. what God made them to be and enjoying the things that God has given to other people. It's kind of like I enjoy Chinese food. I'm obviously not, not Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy a lot of the Chinese because I live there. I enjoy some of the holidays they have. I'm not Chinese. I enjoy lots of different stuff from other cultures, but I'm not going to become that part of that culture because I'm not part of that culture. The same reason why when I was in Israel, I did not become Jewish because I am not Jewish. I like bacon. I, and I, I use that jokingly, but it, 
you see what I'm saying? I'm a pig eating Gentile. Like, enjoy yes. the things that 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 don't take away from who I am. If I have to change to become something that that God like, God's going to change me no matter what I'm going to do, I He made me who I am. Now let me let me. So the challenge to an episode like this is where do we land the plane? Yeah, man. We yeah, got, like we've, we've got a whole lot of time to do we've it. We've gotten into a high altitude, and we are like, oh no, where do we go? How do we land it? Put it in the water. Put it in the water. <laughs> Just crash it. I think you landed on. The, no, I got a landing. I got a landing. God, uh, God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. I got a landing. That's a good one, Justin. But I got a landing. Because let's let's get real controversial. Oh no. So if we want to if we want to go by the scriptures, how are you a son of Abraham? Are you a son of Abraham because of a seed? No, because I took a twenty three and me, and I'm the whitest guy. Right. I know. <laughs> are you a son of Abraham? Are you the chosen child of God? Because of an ethnic heritage. Now I'm not saying that God still doesn't have a a plan for the Jewish people because he does. And, and do I think the Jews and as an ethnic group have a particular plan and God's the consummation of God's plan for humanity? Absolutely. I do. But I'm going to say from a biblical standpoint, forget about being black, forget about being white, forget about ethnicity or language or socioeconomic status. It's all about being a descendant of Abraham. And a descendant of Abraham is someone that walks in faith, is someone that believes in God, which is why we have examples throughout the lineage, even the lineage of Jesus. From from Ruth, who was a Moabite, Rahab, Bathsheba. Well, Bathsheba was a Jew, but a sinner. Should have been executed. Like, we have, we have these examples like, who who are the Hebrews, and it's biblical context. I think it's it's the followers of Jesus, it's the followers of the consummation of the Hebrew, and that's the the ultimate descendant of Abraham, the one in which Abraham places faith, and Isaac places faith, and Jacob places faith, and Judah places faith, and David places faith, and the prophets place their faith. It was in it was in Jesus, and so if you want to talk about like forget about the Black Hebrew or the Jewish Hebrew, according to the scriptures, and I would even make the argument the Old Testament scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, is that the true people of God, as its context of the the people of God, the Hebrew, is the believer. It's those that, it's those that descend from a priesthood that doesn't go through Aaron, but Melchizedek. It's from a sacrifice that's not made by me, but made by God. It is, again, the, he- the book of Hebrews. The, Hebrew, the, the book of Hebrews says that, that I am a Hebrew if I've believed in Jesus. I am, I, am, I am of the seed of Abraham. That's what the Bible says, right? Okay, so I have a question. Because I see you putting the landing gear down. And I just want to jam it up a bit. Okay, right. <laughs> with the time of, um, we have left, with right. all of the time we have left, I want to I want to throw a, a a wrench in your gears, because I I agree with you, but it begs a question for a, what I will lightly call a heresy. Okay. Um, and that is, um, I think it's called Christian replacement theology. Replacement theology. No, yeah, no, no. Replacement theology no, where yeah, we are sure. where Christians no. are the Jews of Revelation. Well that's why that's why I qualified what I, I said. Know, I just want you to I want you to Yeah to for sure. It's a great it, question. Please. But that's why I, I very particularly qualified what I said. I do believe the ethnic Jew has a place and the prophetic the fulfillment of God's uh, of the God's prophetic plan for humanity. You know that and again, I don't. I'm not a hardline dis- dispensationalist. Like I don't believe mm-hmm. that. Like God was working with the Jew, the Jews rejected Jesus. He cut them off for a time. New dispensation. We're doing a new thing, Gentiles. And when that's completed, we end that. We go back to what we were doing with the Jews. No, no. I don't believe in that. In it being that linear. It's no. The Jews rejected Jesus, their Messiah. 
the Gentiles did. That God did a thing. It, it, it didn't mean that like Jews are excluded from that. They are. The apostles were Jews. The early Christians were Jews. Like this is Jesus. Not, Jesus was a Jew. Was a Jew. But I'm just saying, like it's not a, it's not an either or. It's a both and. But there is a distinction because there is still the Jew that God. So there's prof, there's prophecy of God dealing with the Jewish people, and they can be included in this dispensation of the church age. Mm-hmm. But 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 there will be a time that the, the age of the Gentiles, as Paul will say, comes to a completion. And then God will turn his attention back to the Jew for what purposes? So that they would accept Jesus. So he gives them a false Messiah, an antichrist that they accept. And then their eyes are open to, oh my goodness, we blew this. And what's the remedy? Salvation through grace, through faith in Jesus. Like it doesn't, it's not a dispensation in in the sense that it changes God's focus. You see what I'm saying? So like the downfall of both of those groups that we're talking about, because they're always trying to do works to earn that oh yeah for sure they, they've yeah. missed and that's that's missed. what happens with all those groups 100 yeah, percent. now nick did any of this make any sense let's look, go full circle back to the guy that nope. hasn't said a right. word <laughs> it was lost to begin with <laughs> no it, oh, it was a great because it was a rumor, great history Rustin. rumor you're you are our resident audience in this because i'm assuming that most people we're talking about have never heard of black hebrew israelites just so the like question me. is, do you have any idea what we meant? Do you have any idea what we talked about? Because if not, we're going to have to do a follow-up episode <laughs> next week to explain what we were talking about in this week. Did anybody comment or ask questions? That's a good question. Yeah, I have had a few no, comments. I mean, it all makes You have sense. had a few comments. You have? Yes. Okay, so yeah, let's let's throw those in. Why We'll give Nick a chance to process some no. thoughts. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a few comments early on. Um, we had a comment from Miss Ann as well as my buddy Blake. They both say hey. Um, so that's awesome. Nice. And then we have a comment from, uh, one, uh, old man, Joe, old man, Joe, (laughs) when we were talking about, all right. Yeah. He says, uh, okay, okay, okay. Which I think means that we can get him to do it. Flip back, flip back. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. If you're still watching the Thanksgiving episode, you gotta stay in town for, Uh, yes, that'd be a good one. Yep. He got dressed like a turkey. Like a turkey. <laughs> I don't think he's doing that. No, I think you're going overboard. All right, Nick, what you got? Anything on black Hebrews? It's all right I'm if you don't. Now. Have you um, ever heard of Messianic Christians? Yes, I've heard like of that? that and stuff like that. And that's where it reeled home with me is that it's just like people getting messed up with their trying to prove something when that that doesn't matter. Like what Justin was talking about, like, yeah, you're trying to prove something, which I get. You want to you wanna figure out your heritage. You want to see where you came from and stuff. But in the end, it really doesn't matter to me because Jesus came and died on a cross for all. So, Dude, I, you nailed it. You nailed it. And, man, we could do we could do a whole episode on this because, like, to me, it's like, what is the appeal to the 23andMe thing? It's like, hey, take this test. So, you, like, why do people give a care I, that's the only reason well, they I don't care, care they care because they're trying to connect and belong to something yeah and that's where i'm saying like like the, the black hebrew israelites whatever like they want to be a part of something else something that they've set aside that says this is that they want to be a part they it's it's about belonging and that's where i come back full circle to like we do belong like you don't have like who cares about your ethnicity cares about your race who cares about your gender it's, it's who you are in Jesus. It's identifying with Jesus about being part of Jesus. And that's, that's what, what was, matters. And that's what I was saying. God yeah. made you individually for a purpose. Yeah. And, like, unique. Your situations aren't the same as mine. My heritage is not the same as yours. Where I grew up, what I've done in my life are completely different, and God uses that. And he loves you regardless of that. That's, right. No matter what. There are not Jew or Greek you know, there's a slave or free or, yeah. or male or female. Like we are all one. This it, is in heaven. Not right now. It's about Jesus. <laughs> it's about, but, but it's about, it all comes back to Jesus. So yeah, you, we were landing in the plane and you wanted to pop a tire. It's, what, it's fine. That's trying. Yeah. Zach didn't even pick up. On yeah. That. No, 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 I did. And we're just plowing right ahead. We got to tap out of this. So any, any, anything else from no. you knuckleheads? All right. Well, I'm going to cue the music here. 
And, uh, and just let you know, thank you so much for joining us tonight. A lot of dysfunction here on the Outlaw Radio Show. But I hope you found it interesting, uh, trying to deal with something that's culturally relevant, doing it from a biblical perspective. If you are listening, so you're listening on the podcast, check us out. We live stream what you're listening to uh, on YouTube, outlawradio.live, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. If you are watching, check out the podcast, so the audio version of this. And the reason I encourage that is a lot of people don't have time to like watch a video, although all the videos, Creighton Wright, are archived. Indeed. So, so they're all archived, so you can go back and watch past episodes. But people tend to have more time to listen to something. And so that's why I encourage those that are watching to check out the podcast, because it's easier to share an audio file. Someone can listen to it on their walk, uh, their workout. Uh, so check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. Once again, my name is Zach Adams. I'm so glad you joined me and these guys for the Outlaw Radio Show. Hope to see you this time next week. God bless. Wait, weren't we supposed to be in Genesis?